With an open mind for learning and a soft spot for paediatrics, welcome to Fontenelle. And welcome to 2019. Today I'm talking to Sanjay Patel, consultant paediatrician and lead of Healthier Together. Healthier Together is an amazing community-based education resource aimed at doctors, nurses, schools, parents, midwives, anyone who cares about the health of our children. It started off in Wessex, but as Sanjay explains, this programme could easily be rolled out across the country. Sanjay explains how the project got started how the content of Healthier Together is really shaped by data and um, parental interviews so that it really does meet the needs of healthcare professionals, parents and schools to really help deliver a consistent educational message. The main thrust of this is really that inconsistency drives anxiety for parents and that drives health-seeking behaviour. The resources in Healthier Together are therefore really a way of avoiding unnecessary health-seeking behaviour whilst allowing everyone involved to help identify the children who are at risk of being the sickest so we can make sure that those children get seen promptly and treated effectively. So it's with great pleasure that I'll hand you over now to Sanjay Patel. So hi Sanjay. Hi Caroline. Hi, it's great to meet you and chat with you. And it's really exciting to hear about Healthier Together. Could you just give us an overview? How did this all get started or what's behind Healthier Together? Yeah, really good question. We've been we've been working on this, we've been working on the Healthier Together initiative for about four years now. Okay. And it came from this simple observation from parents that they find the current system healthcare system confusing uh, and inconsistent and the repeated messages we got from parents when we spoke to them was please we want healthcare professionals to be more consistent in what they tell us what advice they give us Um, we'd like to be able to access resources online that we trust and actually we'd like to feel a bit more confident when our children are unwell to distinguish whether they're properly sick or whether it's something we can manage at home yeah okay so this really came from parents and is that because you asked parents yeah we looked at the national literature initially so some really interesting trends coming from all around the country that more and more parents are taking their children to see a healthcare professional albeit in primary care out of hours gp services nhs 111 and ed and I'm an infectious diseases consultant, so I know that this, you know, we're in a safer time in terms of illness than ever before because of all of these incredible vaccines we've introduced in, in, in this country in the past 15, 20 years. And so despite children being less likely than ever before to have a serious illness, parents are more worried than ever before about their children. And so that observation led us to interview lots of parents around the region and the messages that they came up with were really consistent in Dorset and Hampshire and Southampton etc. Do you think it's because they're not used to seeing such sick children? Fundamentally really difficult question to answer and I think one of the main reasons is that the structure of society has changed so considerably in the last sort of 15 to 20 years 
And one of the uh, things that people had access to before was the uh, the wise grandmother or grandparent mm. who had seen it all before, done it all before, and could just offer that real in-place advice about mm. what to do. Okay. And I think society's changed hugely as well. We're more risk-averse now than we've ever been before. We're less willing to, te- to hold on to responsibility. We're keener to transfer that responsibility to other people. Um, so I think a massive combination of things. So part of the idea of Healthier Together is giving parents and carers tools to take back that responsibility. Yeah, I think um, it's got two main approaches Healthier Together has. It's a tool for parents mm-hmm. and carers to provide them with clear, consistent information about what constitutes or what they should worry about. We talk about it in terms of red flags, don't we, as healthcare professionals? Um, But parents really love the red, amber, green approach that we've taken on the website. And we've done some very in-depth interviews with some research colleagues of ours, with some parents. And that's the real selling point for them. Actually, I just want to know what should actually make me take my child to a doctor. What what they would worry about is Mm -hmm. what we should worry about, Mm -hmm. is what they say. But the other arm of Healthier Together is... How do we get healthcare professionals to be more confident, more consistent, and to communicate amongst themselves more effectively? We, we don't work in isolation within the NHS. A GP should be able to communicate with someone with more experience, such as a paediatrician or a specialist nurse. And we need to break down those barriers. But we need them to be all singing from the same hymn sheet to reduce variation, because that variation is driving anxiety for parents. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So the traffic light system, that sounds great. And I've noticed that they definitely do find that really useful. It's very clear. Have you had any other feedback from parents about whether they find the material useful? Well, we interviewed, as I said, a number of parents through through a team we worked with at the University of Winchester. And parents found the resources on the website extremely reassuring so that if they had been cited to them when their child was unwell they felt that they would have been much less likely to take their child to see a doctor. And I've got some of the quotes that some of the parents you know, gave us. Uh, you know, here's one. So, so that's good because people can feel reassured that actually my baby's okay to keep at home for a day or two or three. I don't need to panic. It's really good. Yeah. And you can imagine, Caroline, the impact of that on the health system. Mm. You know, activity, we have, our activity levels are increasing year on year. And we need to do something about it because that's not sustainable. Mm. It's getting harder and harder to pick out the sick child that needs to be identified and diagnosed in a timely fashion and managed in a timely fashion. And you look at our outcomes in the UK compared to other European countries, and actually the trend is that our outcomes are increasingly getting worse compared Mm. to most other European countries. Why is that? Do you know, we don't really know why that is. We invest less of our GDP in health, into health than lots of other European countries. We have less doctors per capita than lots of other European countries. And although we're really proud that the health service is free at the point of care, we have to manage activity more effectively. Because if we're, in, if we're having more and more people presenting to all of the various points they could present to, I think it is getting increasingly hard to manage patients and in this case children as well as we'd like to. Do you think, I've noticed that when some patients come from other countries their expectations are that children go straight to a paediatrician 
and there doesn't seem to be the primary care uh, sort of tier in some other countries. And do you think that's part of the reason? Family care is what we deliver in this country. And being able to manage a whole family and understand the, 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 understand the dynamics of that family has huge positives for how we can manage the population of this country. And I truly believe that the primary care system we have within the NHS is the best way of delivering healthcare. Yeah. Clearly there are huge pressures on primary care at the moment and it's just speaking to primary care colleagues you know, about 30% of their activity, almost 40% is children, and yet a number of them have not had any formal training during their GP training in paediatrics. Uh, they receive very little CPD in terms of paediatrics, and the uh, message we got from GPs when we surveyed them is that they were really keen to get more exposure and training in paediatrics. So through some of the educational programmes we're delivering through Healthier Together, we're now running training programmes across Hampshire mm -hmm. uh, through the LMC. We've done something very similar in Dorset. Um, we're supporting the rollout of Ch Connecting Care Children's Hubs where paediatricians are much more linked into local communities and groups of GPs to play a supportive role in them. Um, but I don't think the answer in this country is the uh, development of primary care paediatricians. No, okay. So it's basically it's about making sure that care setting, that GPs have enough confidence. Yeah, I think it's to do with clinical confidence, but yeah. I think it's also to provide support mm. in terms of decision making and phoning a friend. We do that in hospital medicine the whole time. Mm. I'm a tertiary infectious diseases consultant and I bounce ideas off my colleagues in the hospital and, and colleagues around the country. And I think to expect GPs to work in isolation is just not a fair ask. Mm. You know, consultants should be the role of a consultant within a hospital, and this is the view shared by NHS England and this is the view shared by the Royal College of Paediatrics, is that we are no longer going to continue working in our silos within acute trusts and we're going to have a much more uh, proactive role in the wider healthcare community. Mm. When you're um, running your educational sessions for GPs, what kind of feedback are you getting? Oh, the feedback has been excellent. I mean, we run small group interactive workshops mm. um, and they're all based on the clinical pathways that we've developed collaboratively across the whole of Hampshire and Dorset so things like bronchiolitis, asthma wheeze, head injury, abdominal pain, DNV etc. Um, the feedback has been brilliant and it's not just that we have educational programs for GPs but they're also for health visitors, we're setting up a midwifery program, we've got a program for ED staff, mm -hmm. for paediatric trainees and even for parents. Mm. But what is crucial is that the, uh, the, the messages and the, um, the approach to managing children is consistent across all of those professional groups. Mm. Because without that, inconsistency drives anxiety for parents mm. and that drives health-seeking behaviour. Yeah, I think just in, terms of, um, just in terms of being a clinician, you're actually using just this trusted resource which is going to be shared. It, it's... It's a very valid thing to be doing. Uh, absolutely right. That, that concept of shared decision-making has been bandied around for years and years. And um, essentially it means that parents or the, the users, the patient should be empowered 
and that there is a horizontal discussion to some extent, a negotiation between a clinician and a patient. And that's exactly what we're trying to do through Healthy Together. And I think you're absolutely right. A clinician using the parent web page or the safety netting sheet, putting it on their screen. And some of the, the greatest impacts of this resource have been through exactly that, where parents have come in with quite fixed ideas about their child's illness. And by virtue of going systematically through red, amber, green, a clinician has been able to convince that parent that actually your child doesn't meet those criteria that require further investigations. I think we've got to be really careful in medicine at the moment. We are so, it's so easy to over-medicalise uh, normality. Mm-hmm. And that's that concept of choosing wisely or too much medicine. And if we continue to do that, we as a healthcare profession, through our risk-averse behaviour, are driving parental health-seeking behaviour. Mm, definitely. All these topics which you've got so far, I think they're about 13 um, have you got any others planned or what made you choose these? Are these just the, the most common presentations? Yes, that's an excellent question. Actually, there are so many topics you could, uh, you, you could broach and, and, and write pathways on. And I just need to reiterate the fact that the pathways are written as much to base education on as they are to manage children. There are so many pathways written by NICE and SIGN and the BTS and stuff. We really use these pathways to ensure that healthcare professionals receive consistent education but the choice of the first five or six was purely the most common things mm. that present to primary care and to ed mm. which is obviously fever is obviously abdominal pain dnv head injury and respiratory presentations yeah, so they're just going to bound to be the most useful yeah we, we, we use this term the low-hanging fruits but that's what they are to some <laughs> extent um, but the ones that we've got that are currently almost uh, finalised are ones on eczema. Oh, brilliant. It's really important. Yeah. Constipation. Yeah. You know, that's being finalised. We've got faints, fits and funny turns. Okay. So it's growing. It's growing yeah, all the time. all the time. And Amazing. what's really, what's really inspired me working on, working on this project has been the enthusiasm from clinicians. So it's trainees and consultants yeah. from around the region and GPs who have been writing to me to uh, you know to say I'd like to write a pathway on this I had a neonatal trainee just just last week saying I'd like to do something on neonatal jaundice yeah you know that's the way this is a community initiative so this is interactive and you'd welcome sort of suggestions and input from users it's absolutely crucial I mean this is a, re- a resource for our community in, yeah. in across Wessex yeah. and without people feeling that they can influence the content of the website uh, in real time, um, we're not going to get buy-in. And mm-hmm. I think the only way that we're ever going to get this resource marketed effectively to parents and pregnant women is through healthcare professionals. Yeah. We are still trusted by, um, by the public in this country. And if yeah. we role model something, they're really likely yeah. to use it in the future. Yeah. And so our approach is to get midwives to signpost parents to, and to download the app mm. when a woman's pregnant, for health visitors to talk about infant feeding, mm. using the resources on the website when a child's unwell, mm. for the healthcare professional to signpost them to the resources mm. on the website, the school stuff that gets sent out every winter through the website. So that's our approach. Yeah. And it's been effective. You look yeah. at our website hits over the past year and they've trebled. Yeah. since we've really taken on the education programme. Yeah, I only uh, had a, a parent a few days ago, actually, who I was just sending home. Uh, her baby had bronchiolitis, and I said, you know, I'll, 
I'll uh, let you have some information so you know exactly what to look out for. She said, oh, no, I've already got that sheet and I know what to look out for. So, <laughs> yeah, she trusts it. And that's, that's what had brought her in before, you know, because her, her baby had met some amber criteria. So. And, you know, and I think that's really important. I think a lot of people... And we become a little bit cynical in the health service because we think all the initiatives that are going out are to try and um, reduce activity in hospitals, actually. Yes. Mm. A lot of people feel that that's where the great cost of the health service is and that uh, the powers from above are trying to bring in more and more initiatives to move things into primary care or into the community. I'm an ID consultant and I see some of the sickest children in the region and one of the main drivers for me to improve the quality of care is to ensure is to get the sick children who are sick and need to be seen seen in a timely fashion mm-hmm. in the right place because mm-hmm. that's how we're going to improve our mortality data mm-hmm. in this country um just going back a little bit so you said that uh, you've seen a rise in the number of hits on the website so obviously interest is growing the words getting out there what about in terms of results do you have any data yet on how how this project is improving outcomes? We have some data. We've got some really interesting data on the impact of the safety netting resources. So something we did um, in secondary care, actually, was to look at um, the frequency of children representing to our assessment unit if they had been effectively safety netted. And we reduced that by about 80% purely from um, implementing that. I think it is a bit early to 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 be sure of the impact um, at population level across Wessex, but some of the metrics we're already getting through have shown that our presentations to primary care are dropping, our presentations to ED have plateaued, whilst the rest of the country is still going up. Um, but I do think that as implementation and use of it by parents increases, we are going to see far more robust, uh, reproducible data Mm. on its impact Mm. this all sounds amazing but surely something like this should be rolled out across the country do you think that would be possible i think that national resources are difficult to implement because people like to feel that they have some influence over the resources they're giving to their Mm. patients and i think that's been the real strength of healthier together this Mm. is it's a a social enterprise it's mm. it's the community of healthcare professionals and parents mm. being able to mold this into something that works for them mm. with a geographical label discriminator mm-hmm. and so although i do see this being rolled rolled out across the country and there's there's there isn't something like this going on anywhere else in the country really no nothing that spans schools primary care secondary care NHS 111 in terms of those consistent messages and a massive education programme. And so people nationally and other parts of the country have taken notice and we're really happy to give our website to any other Mm -hmm. STP or any other region of the country for them to Mm rebrand, review all the content, rewrite the pathways so that their clinicians feel it's their resource because that's the way something like this works yeah great so if they wanted to do that how would they what would they do contact you or contact us and then we'd get them in touch with our website designers i mean sheffield have already done that they're 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 looking into whether they're going to implement it north london the northeast of england you know various parts of the country have already done that and um, they can take the whole website and rebrand it and there's no cost in doing that this is a this is 
taxpayer money. Yeah. It's come out of various grants that we've managed to acquire along the way. And uh, money should not be a barrier in rolling something like this out. Yeah, that's really positive, isn't it? Even if they don't sort of get to the point of rebranding, it's just accessible to anyone in the world anyway, isn't it? It is, it? yeah. What, no, what I, is, remind us of the website. How can we look at it? It's, uh, if you type in the easiest ways, type in Healthier Together into Google. Yeah. Um, and if you want to type in the website name, it's what, W-H-A-T, nought-18.nhs.uk. Great. Thanks so much, Sanjay. It's That's... a pleasure. Fab. Really good. So a massive thank you once again to Sanjay Patel for, I think you'll agree, a really fascinating insight into what's behind this quite revolutionary social project aimed at improving the health outcomes for children in this region and ultimately in this country. I think the key point is that we're aiming to deliver a consistent educational message which all users trust. Our society has changed, we're becoming more risk averse, so we need more guidelines. We're less able to take responsibility, so we need tools to enable us to take responsibility. Clear messages delivered using simple red, amber, green categories help to give parents and clinicians the confidence to manage unwell children. So this really is a call to action. Let's keep the children out of hospital who don't need to be there. Let's get the sick ones seen more quickly and improve those health outcomes. Let's get back in line with our European friends in terms of our health outcomes. It's exciting to hear about the new pathways in development and I'm really excited to be able to bring you some of the material that's already out there. I hope that this initiative will grow. I'm privileged to be involved in spreading the word. Do please share this information. If you'd like to be involved in contributing, as Sanjay says, just get in touch. And if you're from a different part of the country and would like to use this resource in your own region, again, Sanjay has explained this is a freely available and reproducible website which can be adapted according to the needs of the region. So I'll leave you now with all good wishes for a prosperous and healthy 2019. I'm Caroline Storey and this was Fontanelle. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.